Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoy today's safety talk. Number three, communication. Now this one's huge. This can go multiple ways. How important is communication in regards to shifting safety culture? Well, it doesn't count for anything if you're not doing it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Let, not leaving the message is an automatic disqualifier for credibility for sure. Right. So training is great, but communicating it is even better because that's your that's your Velcro. You know, and I think that when we when we start to look at generational shifts in our business and diversity and inclusion, the other thing that we're realizing and appreciating is that today we all need to understand the why. Right. So so 20 years ago, you were told to, you know, wear a hard hat. You didn't really ask why you were told to go shovel for three months and you didn't ask why. You just did it because somebody was ruling with an iron fist and you might get in trouble in air quotes or fired if you didn't do it. Right. That doesn't work anymore, does it? It doesn't. And so now we need to know why and we need to get behind it. And so that's part of this communication and training. It's almost this broken record of and it's not just putting up putting up the poster board with a snappy slogan, it's having tough conversations. And isn't the goal to have a workforce that is engaged and wants to know why they're doing something? Like the days are over to have an entire workforce who's apathetic, who just are a bunch of yes people. Mm-hmm. That's not culture. And you can't lead change that way. And I would also say that one of the, you know, so if, if, if we're going to start then gauging our success and, and, you know, we want, we want to have marbles in a bowl. <laughs> sure. And we want to count yeah. them all, right? There's somebody out there that's going to say, well, how successful are we? I would argue that you are, you are starting to shift the culture. You are empowering employees. You're, there's commitment and you are really communicating when you start to see a huge rise in near misses being reported yeah. and accidents being reported. I am the most suspicious when I come in and work with a group that tells me that, well, we only had one accident last year, but they're also telling me that customers come before safety in our world, right? And so if we have people that are talking about it, that are discussing the why, and that are empowering each other to have these tough conversations, we're going to put it all out on the table. And so there's going to be a spike because everybody is finally now being honest with themselves. And I mean, and I did the same thing with all of my, all the people in the field that I dealt with. And, and I used to tell them during our annual safety training, I'm so proud of you guys. We had more workers cop claims this year than the year before. And they just were flabbergasted. And I said, because you trust me enough to come to me when there is an issue to know that I will work with you to figure it out. And so I'd rather send you for a bruise and have it be nothing than for you to go home with it and be really hurt and not be able to be with your family. And that kind of openness, you know, I think that there's this black cloud around it, that that's a bad thing, but it actually works for your business. Yeah, let's stay there for a minute because we did a survey last summer, last July 2019, actually, where we talked about with our members, hey, we want to find out what's your primary motivation for being safe, yada, yada, yada. And so we surveyed them and 67%, now they were able to check all that apply, but 67% said the primary motivation for them staying safe at work is to make sure their co-workers go home the same way they came in. 63%, there was a tie for second place, is for family, spouse, kids, siblings, parents, etc. They want to come back because they have kids and then and family and parents and just th- their loved ones. And then tied with that was me to make sure I go home the same way I came at 50%. 
they said, so I can enjoy the things I love outside of work, you know, hobbies, yeah. sports, traveling, whatever it is. And this is when a huge shift happens to keep my employer's costs down 21%. Not many people interested mm-hmm. in it, probably mm-hmm. more management types. So I don't get fired 8%. So I don't mm-hmm. get written up or in trouble 4%. And now here's the one that I love because everybody does this, even though it's completely ineffective to win a safety prize at the end of the month or year. Zero. Not one person said that. Yet every company I know has some kind of safety prize or biggest loser kind of, let's safety, we'll give you a steak dinner and everyone has a big hurrah and it's really ineffective and it doesn't really motivate people beyond the the context. So we did this whole Why I Stay Safe campaign and we focused on those top four things. And uh, we actually have an employer toolkit. If you're listening to this, you can go to PortageCountySafetyCouncil.com. I'm throwing a cheap plug out there. You go to the campaigns tab and you'll see why I stay safe. You can get that free employer toolkit that has our survey and has some thoughts about it. And you can download a free poster and different things to hang at your place. Speaking of communication, but we encourage our members. Hey, sometimes you guys are, you have the little chalkboard up and you say, Hey, it's been 90 days since our last time lost accident. Who's that motivating? Is that motivating the average employee? Not at all. That's motivating management. Management cares about the numbers and the, the cost and all that stuff. The average worker just cares about they want to go home safe. They want to go back to their families. They want to enjoy life. And they want to do it with all their limbs. You know, they want their coworkers to experience the same thing. So it's really this social emotional motivation. And and by the way, since you mentioned start with why we were inspired by Simon Sinek's TED talk about this. So I'm a huge Simon Sinek fan. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys are. Anyways, yeah, all yeah. that information is available on our site. So we actually found, we actually encouraged them. Hey, that's okay. They use numbers and safety. It's okay. But really win them over by talking about what really matters to them. They're checking out because it's numbers they're hearing, blah, blah, blah. That's what they're saying. Hey, do you know this cost us 200 grand? They've never seen 200 grand in their life. Probably. You know what I mean? Most workers. And, and it's just speaking stuff that's not really sticking to them. But when you start talking about, Hey, we want you to go home so you could be a mom or dad the same, you know, the same way you came in or, you know, you enjoy golf or fishing. We want you to be able to do that when you get out of here. Think about that. Or what about the, the lady next to you? We want her to go home the same way to her family. And those things start having a heartstring and it begins to get employees more engaged. I think that there is a problem that we try to manage adults in ways that don't work in managing children. So if it doesn't work for a seven-year-old or if giving them candy every time they do something wears off, then why are we trying to run entire safety programs that way or companies' engagement? Right. That's you know, a- and I would argue, I mean, I, you know, we started this by talking a little bit about condition-based safety programs versus uh, behavioral-based safety programs. And so... With those conditions, we are looking in the rearview mirror. We are counting the number of accidents. We are, are, we are handing out jackets and gift cards because you suddenly have one less than the year before. All of that, great. It's not, though. We need to take that money, that investment that management has committed to, and instead of buying 100 Carhartts with a logo on it, let's <laughs> use that money towards, you know, let's use that money towards having a picnic. And actually invite everyone's family. Because you know you're not giving out those Carhartt jackets because then they hoard them. <laughs> then they're like, oh, those are the expensive ones. We don't give those out to anybody. <laughs> right, right. And uh, we also, you know, Davy Tree, who's based out of Kent, uh, they sent me a thing. We did our Why Stay Safe campaign. They take these little, 
I don't know what they're called. These like little wallet, like pitcher wallet kind of things with Velcro on them. And they stick them to their hard hat or they stick mm. them to some place on their clothing. And they ask all their employees to put their loved one or their wife. And it says, this is why I stay safe. The wording may be a little different, but they actually have a picture to where before they go off, they, they encourage them to look at that picture before they go up in the tree and, you know, and do the services. But what a powerful tool is. And we encourage people during their toolbox talks, like, hey, that's okay to talk about practical mechanical things. But once in a while, ask your employees to bring in like a picture of their kids or something that's important to them or their pets. That way, when they come up like, hey, this is why I stay safe and let them engage with that. And we had a great, we had, I can't remember the amount of downloads we had just from the poster. We gave a hundred away at our luncheon, but the reception that we got from that, the people were like, hey, this is real. We're doing this at work. We were kind of surprised by it. Well, it's because it's an action. You got to do stuff. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. So that takes us back to number four, training. Obviously, this is a big one. So what do you guys have to say about training? So I think that, you know, again, this isn't just about doing, for example, an eight-hour refresher. You have got to be a broken record, and you have got to be out doing different types of training with your employees. And this has got to be get beyond the things like lockout, tagout, and all of those checking the boxes. We need to start doing training that's also about how we how we manage people, how we manage our time. Even looking at one of the things that's been really interesting for me lately is talking about mental health awareness. You know, training on that those aspects of it, not just maybe looking for when someone is abusing alcohol or drugs, but that is there something going on in their life that then will impact their behaviors at work, which ultimately can impact the, the safety of the entire team. And so coming up with creative plans that really also then just brings everyone together and gets them talking, gets them communicating and really talking about safety and safety culture. And so that brings an employee engagement perspective and not just with management, one for another, like a peer learning environment, doesn't it? Absolutely. And, it, and it's got to be real and thoughtful. I mean, how many listeners have sat through an eight-hour MSHA refresher that was actually probably only three hours of some sort of education? And gee, it was the same PowerPoint we saw last year with a lot of videos. I mean, where that is checking a box. And on the OSHA side, or anybody who's going to the PwC, how many times have you taken the you know, job safety analysis class because you're out of options. So you're just taking it over and over and over again. And I think that part of it and and what Amy and I do talk about and agree on is that you have to be open enough as a leader to ask what's not working. So instead of throwing things in front of people all the time, you have to allow people to have a safe place to say, this was dumb or this doesn't make sense, or this doesn't fit into the scope of our work. And I think that part of that, and Amy touched on it, is that part of training is teaching people how to critically think and how to problem solve, because that empowers them. And it allows them to know that you trust them. So give them the tools and then teach them how to use the tools. You know, Katie, you just reminded me of something that our co-host and our BWC rep, Nick Koya, mentions a lot. That it may fall more under employee engagement communication, but I think it's important, even in regards here, to talk about it. Is when we go to improve safety, we have to look a little deeper into issues. You know, he gave this example one time because we call the box checking, we call that the safety box. Whenever anyone thinks of safety, it's the checklist, the lockout, tagout, GHF, whatever it is, right? The hard hats, the PPE. But safety is so much more, and it's not just the policy, it's 
that engagement, communication, how we train. For example, a lot of issues that people have with wearing eye protection is because they're not the proper glasses for the environment. So if the environment's real hot, they can fog up. So they're taken off so they can see so they don't get hurt in other ways or get their finger pinched in a machine, right? And one of the examples that Nick gave is he was working on a line. I think it was a plastic factory or rubber excursion. And he was talking to an operator and they kept uh, removing their hearing protection. And so the safety manager was all fired up. I keep trying to tell them they won't listen to me and all these different things because they were trained on hearing protection, but they didn't communicate. What he went up to, he engaged the employees and he said, listen, shoot straight with me. Why do you keep taking your hearing protection out? He's like, because we can't hear each other and we have to communicate in order to operate the machine. And he's like, huh? So what if we find some electronic noise canceling headsets where you guys can communicate? They're like, man, that'd be awesome. And guess what happened? Never had a hearing protection issue again after that. So it's amazing how small we miss safety because we don't take the time to be committed, engage, and communicate, and have that proper training, right? Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more episodes, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbeam, or Stitcher. To get new episodes sent directly to your phone or smart device, be sure to subscribe. To learn more about how your company can earn up to a 4% Ohio BWC premium rebate by becoming an active member of the Portage County Safety Council, please visit our website at www.portagecountysafetycouncil.wordpress.com. The preceding information is for entertainment purposes only. Views expressed may not reflect the views of any affiliated or sponsoring individuals or organizations. Listeners should carefully weigh information provided and seek advice from an appropriate professional before implementing. Listener discretion is advised.